Welcome to the Lovish Podcast, a practical weekly podcast centered on mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Now, sis, I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. Hey, love, how are you feeling? You got your edges laid? Is your coffee fresh? Did you get a good, refreshing night's sleep? All of these things are things that contribute to our emotional capacity during the day. I know we've all heard the phrase, when you look good, most of the time we feel good too. And we also tend to have a higher emotional capacity for other people in our lives. Case in point, when you have a three-nager like I'm about to have, <laughs> you have a higher capacity for the tantrums when your edges are laid, when you got a good night's sleep, when you're feeling good, okay? These are the days that most of the time we feel like we're on top of the world and we are killing it at life. I want to actually talk about the other days, those days where um, our emotional capacity is low and we really feel like we don't have much to give to the world. Those are the days that I want to talk about. When those days come, are you honest about how you're feeling? So many times we are asked the question, hey girl, how you doing? I'm good, I'm fine. And that's like our instant reaction without even paying attention to whether we are actually doing fine. So when you have those days, when you have a low emotional capacity, are you honest? Can you actually communicate that you have a low emotional capacity effectively to the people around you? Or does it come out in agitation and yelling and fussing and just complete disregard for other people's feelings? Do you feel mean when you communicate how you're feeling and that you have a low emotional capacity? So maybe you can't listen to that person's story. If you feel guilty about communicating your boundaries, it's likely because you got caught up in cultural norms surrounding boundaries. Realistically speaking, conversations on boundaries are um, kind of my favorite, but also I recognize that they make a lot of people feel uncomfortable because not everybody is at the point where they're comfortable enforcing their boundaries. You know, a lot of times when we're ask the question like oh do you have boundaries do you know where your boundaries are our first answer is yeah girl I know where my boundaries are I got xyz but in reality we don't have a clear sense of how to enforce our boundaries and that's where we run into the problem we can maybe identify that something frustrates us, but how to move forward from there, we kind of feel stuck because every solution that is a simple solution makes us feel guilty for doing it. So today I want to talk about boundaries. And if you are the person that goes over the boundaries and not the person who has trouble enforcing boundaries, this episode is going to be for you too. 
So I want to actually start off by talking about when you're the person that goes over somebody else's boundaries. And this could be something as simple as like offering your opinion, child, when don't nobody ask you nothing, honey, okay? We didn't ask you. And if we didn't ask you, then it's okay to mind your business. And honestly, that's not even meant to be rude because I had to be reminded to mind my business just this week. But the real question when stuff bothers you is why does it trigger you so much? That's the real tea right there, honey. Why does it trigger you so much to see somebody doing what they do? Why do you feel the need to... Um, go over another person's boundaries that they have drawn. Ultimately, when life happens, our response to it is what's important. The same way that, um, you know, people say things to us and it's about them, how we respond is about us. So to break that down just a little bit, if somebody feels offended because I have a successful moment in a particular area and they were unaware, you know, that's not about me if they attack me as a result of that. That's about them and where they are mentally in their life at that moment. Now, if they come to me and maybe just say like, hey, my feelings were a little bit hurt. You didn't tell me about this and I thought we were blah, blah, blah. And I snap on them. Now that becomes about where I am mentally. Does that make sense? So ultimately, the person who comes to me and snaps on me has to figure out what is it about my success or me reaching this point in life because it depends on how you determine success how you define success because I may not even view myself as being successful but if they come to me and attack me as a result of this thing that happened then they have to ask themselves why did that trigger you so much and for me if I was to snap on them based on them just saying their feelings are hurt what is that triggering in me for me to feel the need to have to get verbally aggressive with them so it's always about how we respond what does this person's success or choices ultimately have to do with me I'll give you the answer. You ready? This might surprise you. Absolutely nothing. I know, I know. Some of y'all gonna get in y'all feelings about that. But it's the truth. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. It does not reflect who you are as a person. It's totally unrelated. So one question that I um, teach the women inside of my community to ask themselves when things happen to them like this is, what am I making this mean? I'm looking at another person's actions. I'm feeling offended or feeling the need to try and manipulate someone to do something that I want them to do. What am I making it mean? What am I making that mean about who I am, my worth, my value, the way that I'm loved? And once we explore that, then we can kind of, you know, work on whatever the issue is and address it before we just haul off snapping on people and doing the most. I also believe that historically certain boundaries were set in place for safety reasons. I still think we have some boundaries that are set in place for safety reasons like wear your seatbelt, stop at the stop sign, honor the stoplights and things like that. Those are very clear examples of boundaries for safety. But 
I'm talking specifically about within communities of color. Some of our um, go-to cultural blocks or boundaries or standards are eat everything on your plate or I have to pay for them because that's my fill in the blank of the role that that's my sister that's my cousin that's my this that's my that so you feel obligated to do something for them because of their role in your life let's break it down the plate thing eat everything on your plate historically I get that that is coming from a place of like not knowing where your next meal is coming from. Like I understand that. And that could still be the case for some people, you know? And then the other things, having to pay for this or having to do a certain thing because of someone's role in your life, that is more about sticking together. So if we go even back to days of slavery, eating everything on your plate because maybe you were given scraps if even that maybe you had to go find the stuff that was in the trash you know sticking together and doing things for them because the reality is us doing this together collectively as a group is much better than leaving one person alone to bear the consequences or the brunt of the slave master you know and even again bringing it on up to reality we still have consequences like that it's still better to function as a collective whole in a lot of situations so I understand that these boundaries still apply in certain situations but ultimately every relationship needs boundaries Ultimately, sis, we all need to mind our business and drink our water. And before we get into that, we're going to take a really quick break and have a word from our sponsor for this episode. Stay tuned. Hey, girl, did you know that statistics show black women have a higher chance of developing high blood pressure and other subtle life threatening diseases? Not to mention the mental health diagnoses we don't talk about. As a licensed therapist, I talk to women both in and outside of my office about ways to take off the superwoman cape and be themselves. Being a black therapist, I know how culturally we're often pressured to set aside our own mental wellness to do what we have to do. Girl, I've been there and I've learned how to stop the cycle and now I teach other women to do the same thing inside of the Pink Emerald Collective. The Pink Emerald Collective is centered on three pieces, establishing our identity, providing you with practical strategies and solid connections with a squad. Take Shanetta, for example. She thought she didn't have the time or the money to invest in herself because she thought it meant taking up a lot of space in her schedule when she had a lot to do. She also thought it might mean spending a ton of money for something that would give her temporary or superficial results like a massage or a bubble bath. Now, don't get me wrong, sis, that stuff has its place, but it's not going to help you take off the cape and flourish in life. Shanetta was tired of putting herself on the back burner. She joined the Pink Emerald Collective and learned how to carve out time for herself, resting intentionally, making boundaries her bestie while loving on the people in her life. And she is now connected to a tribe of amazing women who value sisterhood just like her. 
Enrollment for the collective with the 14-day trial is now open. And when you join, you get access to our free bonus course, The Boss Babe Reset, a 30-minute bite-sized masterclass to help you reset your routines. So if you're tired of being put on the back burner and you're looking for a squad, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash collective to join today and grab your freebie. Chow, chow, chow. If more of us drank our water and minded our business, do you know how litty we would all be? Minding our business actually keeps us safe and it low key preserves our relationships too. Like, when you watch the horror movies or even the suspense movies, it's the people that go investigate the problem that you find in a closet later on. Like, it takes a special kind of bravery to hear something happening that sounds really scary and go to that thing. I could just tell y'all off top. I will grab a weapon and I'm going to stay put though. <laughs> I'm not creeping around the corner to see what's up because I feel like I have an advantage when I set up in the corner with my weapon waiting to see what is coming as opposed to going out. Now, obviously, that applies to certain situations, you know, because there's some stuff you, you do got to be bold and go check out. But not all the things, sis. Not all the things. And if you sit in here judging me, I'm going to just say this. Judge mama. <laughs> But no, realistically, though, boundaries keep us safe and they really do preserve our relationships. Let me put it to you like this. Let's say you got this one friend that always wants you to do this thing. It's annoying. You never say anything. And as a result, when you're done being with her, you go vent about it to your other friend. And now you feel all crappy because you just talk crap about the one friend. And in reality, you could avoid all of that mess, all of that drama, all of the resentment building up within you by simply being honest with the first friend and being like, yo, I just don't feel like doing that. Like, it's a no for me. It's not giving what it's supposed to have gave if I go and do this thing. And if it's a real friend, then she gonna understand. She gonna be like, all right, that's cool. Or, you know, even if feelings are hurt or whatever, it's still gonna be at the end of the day, a better outcome because you were honest and up front from the beginning so they preserve our relationships because it's the little things like that where it's like I'm irritated with you but instead of telling you I'm gonna go talk about it with somebody else those things start our relationships off really really rocky plus all relationships crave boundaries toddlers need boundaries husbands and wives need boundaries parents and children need boundaries and a couple examples of that is like at some point you know um even though your toddler is having like a meltdown and you're like okay they're just insert the age here so I'm going to let them maybe get away with that. But at some point, you're going to have to start setting the boundary with them because otherwise they will normalize the behavior of throwing a tantrum to get what they want. And that's not good because if we think about certain instances where, you know, a kid is throwing a tantrum, 
they could seriously hurt themselves throwing their head back you know kicking stuff or if they happen to be on a higher surface or a bed or something they could fall off so boundaries literally keep us safe and every relationship craves boundaries so this month I started reading the book by Dr. Darius Daniels called Relational Intelligence and one of the quotes that stood out to me was we owe people love not access like man whew that's heavy because I feel like culturally we think that we owe people access and love we think that access and love is the same thing when in reality sis it's not like it's literally not the bible even says in Romans 14 um I think towards the end of Romans 14 it talks about you know how You have to leave stuff that you feel is appropriate between you and God and not judge other people for what they feel is appropriate because ultimately God has accepted them. Now, I want to give a caveat. That is not a license to sin. Let me say it for the folks in the back. It's not a license to sin, sis. But it just means respecting people for where they are. I think that the basic principle of respect has gone out of the window. And when that happens in our relationships, then that's where it's like, okay, you get my love, but you do not get access to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we have to learn to be okay with that. It's time to talk about what I've been loving. Product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. So this week, I have got to give a shout out to the Pink Emerald Collective members, my Confident Bays. We are finishing up our course, Confident Bay, and I am challenging them with some stuff around relationships and it's not easy we were talking about this exact topic of boundaries and culture and friendships and how we place people in our lives how much access we give to people in our lives so I thought it was appropriate to number one bring this issue to the podcast because I know that the ladies inside of the collective and the women on my couch are not the only people that are struggling with boundaries and relationship stuff but also at the same time I belong to a book club Dr. Brianna Whiteside's book club and it just so happens that we started reading for this month Relational Intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniels I had heard about this book I had heard about Dr. Daniels and I had never really gotten an opportunity to check out the book but that quote that I just talked to you guys about about um, giving people love and not necessarily access man when I tell y'all that's just like the tip of the iceberg for this book y'all gotta check it out if you are in the beginning stages of 
exploring boundaries and cultural dynamics and what to do with your friendships, you have to check out Dr. Daniel's book on relational intelligence because it's just all about relationships and how they positively or negatively contribute to our lives. So without saying too much, I'm going to link his book in the show notes for you to go ahead and grab. But again, what I'm loving this week is shouting out to my Pink Emerald Collective members. I'm loving that they are doing the hard work. And then I am also loving Dr. Daniel's book on relational intelligence. Okay, boo. So in this episode, we talked about why you might need to do a self check if you're getting triggered from somebody living their life and doing what they do. We talked about how historically boundaries have and still do keep us safe. And then ultimately, girl, minds in our business and drinking our water keeps us safe. Please, sis, let's do some intentional thinking around maintaining appropriate boundaries, but not only maintaining them, but actually enforcing them. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, please check out the show notes. Did you enjoy this episode? If you enjoyed this episode, you thought it was some hot tea that was given, you thought some edges was snatched, do me a favor, share the love. Send the episode to a friend, send it to a colleague, send it to your mama, your auntie, your uncle, whoever you feel like it is appropriate for. And then if you have about 90 seconds, I would love it if you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Reviews help the podcast to grow so that we can open up the door for more authentic conversations. That's all I got for this week. I will see y'all out in these social media streets. Have an amazing week. Bye.